Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. How do we share hope in a world that it seems so devoid of it? As we continue our series, A Thrill of Hope, we will discover that living our lives faithful to God is the way to share Christ, who is the hope of the world, with all people. everybody. Uh, It is actually Monday. I am sitting here in my office. And uh, and the reason why you're hearing me in a different way and you're not hearing uh, what happened yesterday on Sunday was we had some technical difficulties in recording our service. But uh, we feel that it's very important that the podcast is maintained. And uh, in case you were you missed our, our our service yesterday, we wanted to keep you in the loop as we continue to celebrate Advent. Advent, of course, is this time before Christmas that we we find ourselves preparing for Christmas, but we also prepare for the the promised return of Jesus. Uh, We believe that Jesus lived, died, rose again, and then ascended into heaven. And we live between the time of him ascending into heaven and him returning to make all things new. And so Advent is this intentional time of reflection of how we live our lives and we prepare uh, for, for Jesus to come again. And last week in our, in our series, A Thrill of Hope, we started simply by talking about hope and how hope is, 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 Believing that God is going to do what he's going to do, but also actively um, being a part of of that hope in the world. And uh, today we're going to look at how in the world we encounter that. What is the way of hope? What is the way to hope? And uh, and we're going to continue on our series by um, by looking at an Old Testament prophet today. But before we get there. Um, and I'm not going to be able to show you the clip, uh, probably because of copyright issues and things like that. But um, I'm continuing my uh, my use of Star Wars clips um, in, in our messages this Advent season. Because again, I believe that, that Star Wars is a fantastic modern parable of hope. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of moments that Star Wars it, uh, encapsulates hope perfectly and and talks about aspects of hope and things of that nature. And so like last week, we we talked about how there is this potential, um, there's this hope that, that evil will be taken or will be overthrown in Star Wars. And when Luke Skywalker meets Obi-Wan Kenobi for the very first time, and he learns about the force and Princess Leia is saying to Obi-Wan, help me, you are my only hope. Well, the reality of it is, is that continues on throughout that movie. And as you get to the end of the movie, we, we find out how, how much the Empire really wants to destroy all freedom and all good. And so they come up with this technological terror, right, called the Death Star. And this Death Star can blow up a planet, um, or they call them systems in Star Wars if you are a major geek like myself. But it, <laughs> it can destroy entire systems, entire planets. And, and the reality of it is, is that the Empire really wants to crush any opportunity that people have um, t- to be equal. They want to keep their power in the way that they got their power, by, by crushing people, by oppressing people, by keeping people in a way that they cannot do anything. And so 
as the rebellion hears about this Death Star, they need to do something about this. And really, for Hope to stay alive in the rebellion, they need to take out this Death Star, right? And if you've seen the movie, and I hope you have seen the movie, as last week I shared, you know, your homework for Advent is to watch Star Wars. <laughs> I'm going to ruin I'm going to ruin the ending for you, um, because spoiler alert: the, the movie's been out for four decades. So, um, but in any case, they 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 mount this offensive right uh, towards this battle station. The battle station is looking to squash the rebellion and blow the planet that the rebellion is on. And uh, Luke Skywalker is is going in for um, his run to blow up the Death Star, right? And, and maybe you're you're thinking about this. Maybe you can look this up on YouTube a little bit later. Watch this this clip. I'll actually include the link in in the the, the different things. Um, but uh, you, you you watch this, and he's he's making this run, and all the other fighters that tried to make this run had failed, and he has three enemy fighters on his tail. And it's not looking good. It's looking like he is going to die, that the, the rebellion is going to be squashed by the Death Star, and all hope is going to be lost. And then all of a sudden, right, he's making this run, the fighters are shooting at him, and all of a sudden, one of the enemy fighters is destroyed, and you're like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, you hear this... Yee-hoo! Of, of, of Harrison Ford uh, playing Han Solo. And he says, you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. And and sure enough, Luke Skywalker is able to, to shoot the torpedoes. And he is able to, to make his way out. And the Death Star is blown up. And hope remains in the galaxy. Hope that the Empire will be overthrown still remains in the galaxy. And the one thing I really want us to, to concentrate on a little bit today is Han Solo. Uh, Han Solo um, was thought to be gone. He he had thought to take care of his own business. He wasn't going to have any a part of the rebellion or anything like that. But he shows up in the last second, and he clears the way for hope to stay alive. And the reality of it is, is that today, as 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 we look into the scripture that we examined yesterday. I really want to focus in on that clearing the way, clearing the path. And, uh, and the reality of it is we're going to look at, at Malachi, and he uses this very same phrase when he talks about the coming Messiah, um, except it's about somebody that, that you're not expecting. You expect it to be all about the Messiah, but also Malachi talks about somebody else. So if you've never read anything in Malachi before, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And Malachi is written uh, in a time of post-exile where the Israelites um, were, were taken over. Exile was this time where they were taken over and they were they were basically made refugees. They couldn't worship in the way that they had always worshipped. Uh, they were oppressed. They had no power. You know, Very similar to the rebellion of Star Wars, right? Uh, they didn't really have any of this power to do what they to be faithful to God. And in the midst of all of this exile, some, some leaders within their own tribe took advantage of the situation. And, uh, but at, in the, at the end of exile, believe it or not, the power that overtook them and made them refugees were overthrown by another power. And this other power um, wasn't necessarily sympathetic to the Israelites, but they also didn't necessarily, you know, really give them a lot. 
And, and so post-exile, a lot of the questions that Israelites, Israelites had um, were things like, who can we trust? Uh, what, how do we relate with people who are different? How do we relate to the people in power? Um, and where is God in the midst of all of this? Is God really good? Because he's a lot, it seems to be like all the bad people are getting all the good things in the world. Does God really exist? And um, the reality of it is, is maybe you've asked questions similar to that before. Maybe you have asked questions of, if God was really good, why are there so much bad things in the world? You, you know, um, how, who in the world can, can we trust? How in the world do I relate with people who, who seem to constantly take advantage of other people? Maybe we'll even take advantage of my, myself. And, and how, how do I relate with those people? And so Malachi is written in the midst of all the all these questions. And, and the beautiful thing about Malachi is that it's written with questions. Like there's a dialogue that happens in Malachi. It's really beautiful. It's a really short book. I encourage you to read it. Um, but sure enough, all these different questions are brought up throughout the entire book of Malachi. And, and sort of the last question that is brought up before our passage today in, in Malachi 3 is, where is the God of justice? In other words, where in the world is God if he is so good? Where, why in the world is, is justice just seems to be non-existent in the world? Because all I see is bad. All I see is oppression. All I see is suffering. And God brings a message through Malachi. This is, hear the words. Read them. Look, I am sending my messenger who will clear the path before me. Suddenly the Lord whom you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you take delight is coming, says the Lord of heavenly forces. Who can endure the day of his coming? Who can withstand his appearance? And when you start hearing that, you're thinking, wow, that's a, that's a dark tone. I mean, is, is, is this Messiah figure going to come in and just be judge, jury, and executioner? And then Malachi, or rather God, speaks through Malachi and shares some very interesting adjectives that aren't judge, jury, or executioner at all. This, this is what the Messiah is going to be like. He's like a refiner's fire or the cleaner's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. They will belong to the Lord presenting a righteous offering. And the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in ancient days and in former years. So Malachi offers this picture of a Messiah that isn't coming to, to come in as righteous judge during executioner, but rather he uses these, uses these adjectives about this Messiah as a refiner, as a purifier, as a cleaner. And that's a, that's a radically different picture than what we expect in righteous judgment. Instead, we, we see a refiner and a pure, a refiner and a purifier and a cleaner, those adjectives seem to, to, to look to take the bad, what's wrong, and make them better. Because that's what a refiner does. I mean, if you take a precious metal, it's all tarnished up and all these different things. You apply heat to it. You can mold it. You can make it shiny. You can make it good. You can make it valuable. Uh, you think about something that's dirty. You take it. You put soap on it. And it gets clean again, right? The reality of it is this Messiah is coming not to destroy, but rather to make things right, to make things new. 
And it doesn't matter if you have been the perpetrator or if you have been the victim. This Messiah comes to give everybody an opportunity to be the people God created us to be. Chris Baker uh, said this about the Messiah, and, and consequently, we know this to be Jesus, right? When God comes back to his temple with the advent of Jesus, there is hope for both the perpetrator and the victim. There is hope of repentance, redemption, and the restoration for the perpetrator. There is hope for justice for the victim. And there is hope for all of us, whether we are perpetrator, victim, or both. And if you look throughout all of Jesus' ministry, you find out that Jesus reaches out to those who hurt, to those who desire justice, to those who need justice to come down. And he takes care of the least of these, and he reaches out to those who are hurting and to those who haven't been cared for by, by the people who have been who are supposed to have been faithful to God. But then he also reaches out to, to Romans. And he reaches out to tax collectors who are a part of the oppressive regime. And he offers forgiveness. And he offers a way forward for them. It requires, a ch it, it, there's a challenge that's a part of that, but he still offers grace. And what we find out is that this justice and this rightness that Jesus came to give was for all people. And the good news is that regardless of who we have been or what we have done, that grace is offered, that life is offered through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross and his resurrection. The Messiah is that refiner, that purifier. He is the one who transforms people, whether we have been the victim or whether we have been the perpetrator. But what I love about Malachi is that Malachi just doesn't talk about the Messiah. The very first verse, he talks about a Han Solo type. <laughs> and if you believe in Christ, if you are a disciple of Christ, this is really where we receive that a message today. Hear these words one more time. Look, I am sending my messenger who will clear the path before me. Look, I am sending my messenger who will clear the path before me. And Malachi, and as, as we as Christians believe that Malachi is talking about the man who came before Jesus, who began preaching a message of repentance. Turn to God, the kingdom of God is near. And that guy is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist gave this context for Jesus to come and to begin preaching. And whenever Jesus did become become or came into the world preaching in his ministry, John the Baptist was saying, hey, this is the guy. He didn't get, you know, upset that, you know, he was preaching the same thing. Well, I preached that, but no, it wasn't about that. It was, it was about pointing to Jesus and saying, look, this is the guy I've been talking about. So John the Baptist historically cleared a path for Jesus. And the church, we who, who, who live between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return, find ourselves with that task. Whenever Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, he is legitimately saying, make pathways for others to come to know me. 
But Jesus is the refiner. Jesus is the purifier. Jesus is the cleaner of people. Jesus is the one who transforms people. Not us. And I think too often what we end up doing in our own world, in, in the church, is we think that it's tasked, we are the ones tasked with transforming the world. When the reality is it's been God the entire time. We partner, but we are called to point to Jesus. We are called to clear the way for people to experience Jesus's refining fire. In every moment that we decide that we think we know better than Jesus, and we throw out our opinions, or we throw out our philosophies, or we throw out our politics, or we throw out whatever it is that we can't get over, we can become obstacles. We don't clear the way for, for people to come into Jesus. We actually put ourselves in front of Jesus, and we become obstacles. And so we need to find ourselves to become Han Solo. Yeah, today is a day that you need to be Han Solo. You, need, you are called, we are called as followers of Christ to clear the way for people to experience Jesus. And how do we do that? It's legitimately through remaining faithful to Jesus. Not in, a per, not in this personal selfish way, but to remain faithful to how Jesus has called us to live. He's called us to live holy lives, a life that is defined by an ethic of love. It's not based on how in the world do we, we change the world's systems or how do we change a person to get them ready for Jesus. That's not up to us. Because every single time that we do that, we end up judging people. We end up putting unnecessary rules and regulations on people. It is up to Jesus to change people. It's not up to us to change people in the church. We are just called to point to him. And we point to him by living holy lives defined by love. The way of hope, the way for people to experience hope is for us to take up our cross and follow Jesus, to love people when they're unlovable, to care for the least of these, to feed the poor, to clothe the naked, to, to live differently, to live not in a way that is that is defined by selfish ambition, to not live in a way that we just say, I can do whatever I want, or life is about me. That's not what this is, that's not what a way of holiness is. A, a Christian ethic is defined by service to others and giving to others, by looking to the benefit and accepting God's way instead of our own way. And yeah, that means... Living the ethic that 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 Christ has shown, that we don't we don't partake in certain things that the world thinks to be fine. It's a lot. 
And the only way that we begin to live that life is by remaining faithful, to allow God to refine us, to purify us, to make us holy. So today, are you Han Solo? And what are the things that you do in your life to open yourself up to Jesus's refining fire, to his purifying work? Do you look to Christ every single day of your life? Are you opening yourself to all that Jesus calls us to be? You know, Advent is this time of reflection, of, of, of trying to, to move ourselves to be centered in Christ. And I would ask this question, if you are a follower of God, what does your life look like daily? Do you open yourself up to Christ in prayer? Do you look to him and say, God, work in me, transform me. Help me to be a person who clears the path to you. Are, do you. Do you know what God is doing in the world? Do you open up scripture and, and see how God has worked in our past in human history? Or do you just think that, you know, reading and hearing and, and taking in everything that the world is going on right now, do you think that's the way to do it? I'm here to tell you something. The more we are open to God in prayer and in scripture, and lastly, in joining each other in faith, in love, the more that God will work in our lives. What, is your, what does your life look like as far as priorities? Do you see being a part of the body of Christ as optional in your life? Or do you see it as essential, as a place that we begin to love others who are different from us instead of just in our families and friends? Advent is this time for us to develop a life that opens ourselves to Jesus, for him to change us, for him to refine us, for him to purify us. And when he, he does that, the way we act, the way we love, the way we live our lives will bring hope to others. So what does your life look like? Are you faithful to him daily? Are you looking to open yourself up to Jesus's refining fire? And if you do that, you will begin to show the way of hope to others. It's not through your opinions. It's not through politics. It's not through philosophies or, or whatever it might, we might think it would be. But rather, it is through loving others as ourselves, loving our enemies, serving others, caring for others, taking care of the least of these, looking not to be perpetrators, looking to offer forgiveness in all things. That is how we begin to share with others the way of hope, to clear the pathway. So today, I hope that this is, has been a blessing to you. May you be like John the Baptist. May you be like Han Solo. And may you share 
Christ with others through being faithful to him, loving like he has loved us. So may you go with the peace of Jesus Christ in your hearts and the ability to spread hope by remaining faithful to God. God bless you all. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning for our service, which begins at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street, Northwest, in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, please visit us at championnaz.org.